Today's episode is sponsored by By Heart, which is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. In our house, we never skim on family time together on the weekends. Instead of racing around crazy, we prioritize time at home, time to relax, time to do fun, crazy things that we wouldn't have ordinarily. And you know who else doesn't skim? By heart. By heart is the only American-made infant formula with globally sourced ingredients to use organic, grass-fed whole milk without a drop of skim. Whole milk is full of healthy fats like naturally occurring MFGM, which play an important role in baby's brain development and growth. Are you curious about ByHeart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with codename Zibby20 for a limited time. Hi, this is Zibby Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. I'm also the host of Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight, and I'm the editor of the anthology, which you should run out and buy, called Moms Don't Have Time to, a quarantine anthology. All proceeds of that book go to COVID-19 vaccine research. And I'm the editor-in-chief of Moms Don't Have Time to Write, a new publication on Medium, and we're accepting submissions, so please send your personal essays there. And if all that isn't enough, you can follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens, and my website is zibbyowens.com. Okay, now back to this amazing podcast. Special announcement. I am teaming up with Katie Couric Media's Wake Up Call and Random House to give away 100 copies of the book Stranger Care by Sarah Santillis. I'm really excited about this. Here's a little about Sarah's book, and we collectively are giving away 100 copies. After their decision not to have a biological child, Sarah Santillis and her husband, Eric, decide to adopt via the foster care system. Despite knowing that the system's goal is the child's reunification with the birth family, Sarah opens their home to a flurry of social workers who question them, evaluate them, and ultimately prepare them to welcome a child into their lives, even if it means most likely having to give the child back. Stranger Care is an illuminating read, and Sarah will be on this podcast soon. So, If you would like to enter for a chance to win, please go to the link in the episode description from right where you clicked on it and enter your email address, first and last name. By doing so, you're agreeing to the sweepstakes official rules and agree to receive communications and special offers from Katie Couric's wake up call and moms don't have time to read books. Thank you for doing it and enter to win today. Just go back to the episode description. Thanks again. Alex Astor is the award-winning author of Emblem Island, Curse of the Night Witch, the first in a series inspired by the stories her Colombian grandmother used to tell her before bedtime. She recently graduated summa cum laude from UPenn, where she studied English. Her debut book received starred reviews from Kirkus and Publishers Weekly, was on Good Morning America, was named a most anticipated book of 2020 by 17, was named one of the 20 best books of the year so far by Amazon, was chosen by Jessica Alba as a 2020 gift idea, and recently won an International Latin American Book Award. Alex is also a TikTok star. Enjoy. Welcome, Alex. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss Emblem Island, Curse of the Night Witch. Thank you so much for having me. I love your podcast, so I'm honored to be here. Well, we've talked several times already, and somehow we hadn't actually made it onto the podcast together, but we've done Instagram lives and all sorts of fun stuff. So it's nice to finally have it be here. 
Yes, I'm so excited. <laughs> Alex, you have like broken out of the gate as this like major hit and you've been posting. First of all, you're like a TikTok sensation. You're also a singer. So you had like a huge following to begin with. But now you're just like you're an, you're the Barnes & Noble book club pick. You're like everywhere. It's amazing. And I know you're so grateful and I watch you crying all the time on social Tell me like all about what this journey has been like. And I want to talk about the book too, but the journey itself seems like super interesting. It's actually really, I guess, fortuitous that we're talking now because the journey started a year ago when my my book first came out in hardcover and you were one of the first people I talked to about it. I was on your Instagram live show, I think the week that it debuted and it debuted kind of in the middle of the pandemic. So bookstores were either closed or they were just opening up and they weren't really ordering new books. So it wasn't necessarily the best time to debut. And that's when my first book came out. So when it debuted, I was lucky enough to have like the critical acclaim of like having starred reviews from Kirkus and all of these places and and being featured in amazing publications. But the commercial success wasn't necessarily there because unless you were a huge author, people weren't really searching on Amazon or barnesandnoble.com new books books. They were just kind of searching authors they already knew. And so for a year, the book sales were okay, but it was more like the critical acclaim was there, but the sales were were definitely not what I had hoped for. So when Barnes and Noble picked my book to be their book of the month, that's when everything changed. And like you mentioned before, I did have a sizable following on TikTok previously, and that was great, but it was mainly because of my music. So it didn't necessarily translate into book lovers or book sales. And so when I knew that I was going to be the Barnes and Noble book of the month, which is such a cool opportunity because not only is it for paperback, so my book came out in paperback, it was a lot cheaper. So a lot more accessible for people. They also changed the cover. And I I think it's a lot more dynamic and and kind of eye-catching now. But also every single Barnes & Noble store, which I didn't know, there are like 650 around the world, which is just such a huge number. They have a huge table of them in every single location. So you can't really beat that type of exposure. And so I knew I'm going to be in every Barnes & Noble, whereas before I maybe had one book in Barnes & Noble and even my local Barnes & Noble in Union Square didn't even have a copy. So I was kind of like, there was no chance for me to break through at that point, but I saw this as my huge opportunity. So I was like, I am 100% going to go all in on TikTok. And so I convinced my mom to do a road trip with me across the country to over 50 Barnes & Nobles. And so I wanted to go to sign all the books but also to get a lot of content. And it ended up being like the best decision I could have ever made because I had like over 15 videos go viral on TikTok about my book and about my Barnes and Noble journey. And they got like over 500,000 views. Like some had millions of views, even on Instagram reels, which I never really messed around with before. And so it just became this thing where at the very beginning of my book tour, I would go to some Barnes and Nobles and they would have no idea who I was, even though my book was like on a table with like tons of books. They were like, oh, we haven't really heard of this. By the end, I had people in Barnes and Noble, like not only the people who worked there, but people who were just casually shopping, like they knew about my book from TikTok. Even I have like a viral post about I was there signing books and this girl like did a double take. And at first I was like, oh, she's probably just like, oh, are you an author? That's cool. But she literally stopped, pulled my book out of her shopping bag that she had just purchased and said, I literally just came here because I saw your TikTok and I wanted to buy your book and you're here. So those kinds of moments are things that like obviously go viral because they're so like fortuitous and insane. 
but it would have never happened if I hadn't like dedicated an entire month to traveling across the country with my mom, like going to so many Barnes and Nobles and also documenting it on social media. So now I definitely feel like people are kind of referring to me as like the viral TikTok girl. And then also because of my new book deal that I like partially got because of a viral TikTok video. So I got like a YA fantasy series book deal because one of my videos has like over 1.5 million views. And it was basically just me like pitching my concept for the book. And so I'm really thankful to TikTok because for that one, it's a little bit, some people think like, oh, I just made a TikTok video and I got like this big book deal because of it. And like Zippy definitely knows, like that's not really how the world works. Like I had already been published. I already had star reviews and I had already written the manuscript and it was on submission to publishers by the time I published I posted the video. And so it actually was down to just a few publishers. A lot of people had rejected it. So I made the video to kind of get like market validation that like, yes, this is a good idea because as you know, it'd be like YA fantasy is super saturated. And so even though I had like these book deals before, a lot of publishers weren't really willing to take the risk on my book. And so I put it out there to be like, okay, I know people will want to read this. And immediately, like in 24 hours, I got over a million views. And that really like helped me like seal the book too. So yeah, I think TikTok is an amazing tool for like market validation. It's a free tool, a free marketing tool. I got so many views, like I think over 5 million total views on my TikTok videos for my book and my book tour that I could have never afforded like in terms of marketing dollars. So yeah, I I really owe a lot to TikTok. (laughs) Do you know anyone there now? Can you like send them a thank you note? At TikTok? Yeah. Not really. I mean, I'm kind of getting more involved like with like sponsored posts and stuff. Like before I never really did like ads because for me, it was like, I'm already trying to sell something on my TikTok channel. Like I have books to sell. So like for me, it's it's more important for me to have like a page that people want to visit than like get whatever money I can from each TikTok post. But I will say the people at Barnes and Noble, I know now because they were really impressed by what I did. And like, I apparently like, they're really happy with like how many views I was able to get. And that's just free. Like all I had to have is like a phone and like go across the country with my mom to get these videos. And so I'm, I'm really proud Like we sold thousands of copies last month because of TikTok. And I, we actually like tripled the amount of sales I'd gotten in an entire year in a oh month, my gosh. which like just is, and then the second book came out last week. And so it was great timing because people had just found out about it. And actually I had this like big virtual book tour with like huge authors. I admire so much that I was like basically able to do because of my TikTok following. And one of the big authors was like, Oh, it's so strange how like your first book came out. And then like the second book is coming out like a month later. That's so smart. And in my head, it was like my first book came out last year. (laughs) It's just the paperback, but no one had heard of my book until May. So Is 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 the book, is the second book in hardcover or paperback? It's in hardcover. So the the first book did come out last right. year, like when we talked and then this, it just came out in paperback in May. And that's when like everyone kind of discovered it. And so it was like regular publishing timing for the second book to come out now. Right, right. But people are just like thinking that maybe it was like a smart, like strategic thing. I wonder if you'll find anything interesting with sales of this one on hardcover versus paperback to see if that's actually a factor or if it was just random. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. 
I think the paperback was cool because a lot of the TikTok audience that I have is younger. And so it really is like a hard sell, like a $17 book from an author that you've never heard of. I do think that people who read the first book and loved it at like $6 or $7 are definitely probably more willing to buy the, the second book. And because it's been so popular, retailers are doing like a sale. So now it's like $15 for the, the second book. But yeah, it, it, it's just really interesting for a series because I didn't know if there would be enough demand for me to have like a third book or a fourth book in the series. And now like that's definitely discussion because of TikTok and because of Barnes and Noble. And so I'm so grateful to both platforms because truly like, I, the, the number of sales I had before was just so tiny compared to now. And now even like I'll go to Barnes and Noble and they'll tell me that like my book series is one of the best selling like children's book series right now. And, and that's just insane to me that like, I'm, I'm really proud that I, I kind of did that through TikTok. It wasn't like I had this huge marketing budget or anything. So, so wait, yeah. but Alex, do you have any idea how Barnes and Noble chose your book? Like, how did you get picked to begin with? So it was definitely through my publisher. Like, I had no idea that it was being submitted. I know that this is a relatively new program. It's like a paperback program. So they pick every month, like, books of the month per category, and they're all in paperback. And I know I was chosen back in January, so I couldn't say anything for a long time. But I knew this was happening, and so I had a while to plan. Like, yes, I planned, like I had stickers made that I was going to um, give all the people who bought the book. I knew that I was going to plan like a book tour from New York city down to Miami with my mom. And so I had a while to plan, but I really thought of this as like, this is my one chance to really launch the series and have people discover it. And I'm, I'm so glad that it worked out because there's no guarantee like on TikTok. And I know like Zibby, you've gone viral now on TikTok. Like you just never know what's going to go viral or not. And it's so hard nowadays to, with so much content, it is becoming oversaturated. So for me to like have gone consistently viral still, like I'm just shocked that it happened, but I'm definitely grateful. It's amazing. I know you and Joe Piazza and I had this call yes. in the summer. In, when was it? Like a couple months ago? I, I can't even remember. It, it was. Right? It was the same week that I had I had posted the video that went viral for my YA series. I remember I was like, I just posted a video yesterday and it's it's kind of blowing up. I think it had like 300,000 views when I was talking to you. And then I got the book deal. Oh my week. gosh. Alex, that's <laughs> yeah. amazing. I know Joe and I are like, <laughs> um, what do we do? What do you mean TikTok? How are we going to do it? You definitely figured it no, out. No, I haven't. I have to say, it's not even me. This woman, Nina Vargas, on my team has been amazing and was like, let's try this on TikTok. And I was like, go for it. Because my own TikTok, as you've seen at Zimmy Owens, is like horrific. Nobody ever goes there. I like cannot. My kids are helping me so much. And like, no matter what I do, it's like, not working. And then Nina tried it and it got like 1.2 million views or something up. Oh but gosh. now they're blocking us because I guess they think it's like not appropriate content, which is completely not true. I mean, it's like Oh, you know, women's magazine type content. But anyway, that's at with Zibby. What does it go? At with Zibby and Tracy. With yeah. Zibby and Tracy. Anyway, but I tried to put in all of your helpful comments and like I've been trying all of your tricks and stuff from our last talk. So I don't know. Well, I'm going to, you're, you're totally an inspiration on the, on the TikTok front <laughs> for you. sure. And obviously the author front. And it's not like this just happened. I mean, I know you're, I don't know how old you are and, or if you're even willing to admit how young you are, but- 25. Okay, 25. But you graduated like magna cum laude from the University of Pennsylvania. So it's not like you're some random person. You're this like and an English major, right? So you're mm-hmm. obviously like super gifted and bright. And it's, you know, you you say you've said before when I've talked to you how 
it had taken you a long time, which is like for older people, that oh, sounds yeah. like a joke because they've tried their whole lives. And But still, if you've been trying to do something for like a decade, it's still a decade of your mm-hmm. life. And now all of a sudden you can reap all these rewards. It's amazing. Okay, we can't bubble wrap our kids to keep them safe, but we can give ourselves some peace of mind now with the Life360 app, which I am obsessed with. I first heard about this from a girlfriend at a party who told me that this was the app to use, so I got it, and now I am obsessed. It's a family connection and safety app that lets you track the people and things that are most important to you, and it's much more than sharing location. It is about safety. It keeps families connected and protected throughout the day. Plus, it helps you find your things. So I have tiles, one of which I put on my phone, which I lose a 100 times a day, and I can find it through the app whenever I lose it. Also, it lets me put in locations of interest. So I get alerts when my kids reach school after taking the bus or when my husband gets to LA or whoever you want to track. You can do it with Life360 and feel very protected and safe and it makes life better. It makes peace of mind better. Life 360 has my family's back when they're on the road, and I can track their stuff too if I need to. Plus, of course, it's a lifeline during emergencies because you can have crash detection to know if one of the kids is in an accident and with two almost driver's license kids, that is super important to me too. So put away the bubble wrap and protect your loved ones with Life 360. Visit life360.com or download the app today and use code BOOKS, B-O-O-K-S, all caps, to get one month of the gold package for free, plus 15% off all tiles. That's life360.com, code BOOKS. Yeah, I think that it's surprising a lot of people. First of all, they definitely think I'm younger than I am. When I went to a lot of Barnes and Nobles, a lot of the people were like, you're the author. And they were like, you're so young. I was like, I'm 25. And some of them were like, oh, we thought you were like eight too. I was like, oh, wow, thanks. But they definitely think I'm younger than I am, first of all. And second of all, I think that even just like being 25, people think like, oh, I just got lucky. Like I just went to to Penn and like graduation with Kamalata and like just like decided to be an author and like published my first book. And that's definitely not my journey. Like I started trying to get published when I was 12. And so it was like 13 years ago, almost 14 years ago. And so I really do think that like, it just depends on when you started. Like if I started now, there's no way I would be published next year. I would be published in like 12 years or 13 years because I, the Emblem Island Curse of the Night Witch, the first book that I got a book deal for was my sixth book that I wrote. And I wrote like three books in college. I wrote three books in high school. And so it's been a really long journey for me. I definitely think it would be easier for me to be like, oh yeah, I just came out of the woodwork and like just got this book deal and then got this bigger book deal. But even like my first book deal was so small compared to like my recent book deal that I got. And I got my first book deal in 2018. So it's not even like it was three years ago. So I think like it would be like an over oversimplification to just be like, oh, she got a book deal from TikTok. And I know that that's like the catchy way to, to look at it, but it's so much more than that. And I definitely think that like, I see a lot of people kind of like trying to emulate like what I did with my viral video to get like a big book deal. And I, I really do want to emphasize that it's not like I just made a video and then I got the book deal and now I'm writing the book. Like it, it was written, like it's been a really long journey and it's been really hard. I was rejected thousands of times. I'm definitely not like the, the genius person who just decides to write a book and is like, 
I, I was never the best reader, never the best writer, like at Pang in all my writing classes. Like there were so many people that were so much better than me. I just think I'm the only one who never gave up. <laughs> and so I, I just think that that's the only reason why now I am published, but it was, it was really hard. Like I got my first agent the day I graduated from Penn. I skipped my graduation because I thought, oh my gosh, my my life is now beginning. I'm living my dream. I spent all summer revising that manuscript. I went on submission that fall and it didn't sell. And I parted ways with my agent. So six months after graduating from Penn, I didn't have an agent. I didn't have a book deal. And I had to start from scratch. I wrote another book that didn't get me an agent and didn't sell. And then I wrote another one and that was Curse of the Night Witch. I did get an agent. It took six months for that to sell and it was for a really small amount. And then it took me three more years after that to get like the big book deal. So I think just like anyone who's an aspiring writer, you really have to do it for the love of writing. You can't do it for anything else because I just feel like there are so many easier ways to like make money or like to be famous or whatever you want to do. But I truly love it. And it's been my dream since I was 12. So the fact that I get to do it now, like successfully and legitimately is just so, so amazing. And then I really, I did take advantage of TikTok. I joined TikTok the day I got my first book deal in 2018. That's the only reason why I joined. And at first I got a following through just doing trends and music, but once book talk became a thing and it really is a thing now, it's influencing like the entire market. Barnes and Noble has book talk tables in every location. It's just lucky that I decided to join a few years ago. But yeah, it's really helped me now. It's amazing. Wait, so what is on the book talk table at Barnes Noble? Accounts that are blowing so up I on think, TikTok? Or? Yeah, it's just every, I mean, as you know, TikTok, every single day, there's a new trending thing. So even if you think you figured it out, like the next day, it's something else. So you really have to love TikTok to really even be on it because I, I love it. I'm on it every single day for hours. And if I decide to take a break for a week, I'm already lost because there's a new trend. There's a new trending book. So yeah, most of them are young adult books. So it's kind of been like with the, my Emblem Island series is middle grade. So it has been a little bit tough to like get people to buy the book because a lot of people want like romance in their books and like, it's not YA, it is middle grade. So I do think that my YA series will do better on, on TikTok, but I've still seen the, the sales translate into real life. And I know how hard it is to get someone to buy something from a video. Like I tried for a year and it didn't work. So the fact that now it's working and now in that coupled with the Barnes and Noble, it really was luck, but it took a long time to get lucky, I guess. It's so true. I mean, it's really hard to get people to buy things from anything. I mean, yeah. people to, especially an unknown quantity, like a book. I mean, I keep saying this, but like movies, like you kind of know what you're getting into, especially now as yeah. I give the endings away in half the trailers anyway. And I'm always like pausing my trailers because I'm like, yes, I want to watch it. Yeah. Don't show me anymore. I've watched the whole movie. Right? I know. But at least you yeah. like know what's coming. And I feel like that's yeah. part of why books are hard to justify as an expense. Like you don't know what's coming and it's going to take you hours to get through it. And, you know, that's why I think like videos, like trailers and all these types of more modern ways of selling books have to be sort of back on the table so that people know like what they're getting into. Right. And, and it's yeah. fast. Yeah. And I think nowadays too, people really want to believe in like the person who's making the product. Like for me, I saw, I was so surprised that anyone wanted any book like personalized and signed by me because I thought mainly I was just selling the story, but I got so many like 
orders through my local independent bookstore and even people paying $70 for international shipping just for me to sign like a $7 book. It, it really, I think is a testament to the fact that people want to know like the creators and even you, like I obviously follow you. And when you posted those COVID like shirts, I was just wearing, I just changed into a dress for the uh. interview, but I got, I got one in black and one in white and it's the comfiest, like most amazing shirt that I definitely wear. Like all the time and I bought it because of you and and also the shirt but because like I love you and I love your content so I think that that's also something that's like the new modern age of social media is it's not just the thing that someone is selling like they really want to believe in like the person behind the product it's very astute I totally Mm -hmm. agree I feel like yeah, I because it's it's really the shorthand for like when we all would be together yeah. and being like, you should do this and having like a friend yeah. or, or somebody be like, this is what, you know, this is why I love this. Like, yeah. Yeah. So now I just shout what I love from the rooftops. So. I'm like, it's so good or something like that. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. By the way, I just, before this interview, I took your little quiz on your website for which um, (laughs) emblem. Oh my gosh. Which emblem did you get? I got leadership. Oh, well, that makes sense. I feel like you might not think it makes sense, but you really are like the shepherd, like herding everyone into like a direction. Like you need to read this book or like you need to like learn from this person. Like you really are like an influencer, even Uh though you might like not like that term you are. I've read so many books from like your podcast recommendations or your Instagram. Like I bought so many products to like the shirts, for example, like immediately I was just like, yep. (laughs) I'm so glad that that worked. I feel like you're more like an influencer. Like I, I don't know. I feel like the term influencer comes with like, I don't know, different, oh, different wardrobe than I have or something. You know what I mean? like, like, I'm not like, a, you know, I'm like, you know, I'm 44 years old. I'm chasing after my kids half the day. Like, you know, I'm just like, you know, not to say I'm like everyone else, you know, but I don't know. I'm just trying to get through the day half the time. Yeah. I'm not like the highly stylized influencer. It's more just like, I'm glad people even care. That's why it's great. I can introduce people who might not know about books like you or like moms who are looking for their kids to have some summer reading. Like yours is a great, this is a fantastic option for kids who are at home. And like, I feel like, especially for kids who, you know, don't always like reading. They need books that like they can really identify with and that are entertaining and well-written and all this stuff like your book. Yeah. I think that's important. I, I met a lot of, I had never met kids who had read my book because of the pandemic. Like when it came out, obviously I haven't been meeting with anyone and the road trip was really like after I was vaccinated, it was the only time I was comfortable like being in a store. So those were really like the first times I was even like having interactions with anyone for a year. And so I met so many parents and kids and the kids were like, Oh, I didn't like to read until I read your book. And I really identified with that because even though like, yes, I became a really good student. Like I went to this like good college and like, obviously I became a writer and a reader. I was not the best reader. I didn't like to read until I read something that like was actually enjoyable. And I think even like going to college and you read so many like literary works, like, as you know, you also like went to early school. Like I, I definitely think like there's room for like magic in your reading like that doesn't mean that it's any like lesser quality of reading it doesn't have to be literary but like kids just aren't gonna love reading if they're just reading the stuff that they're required to read in school and so I just think that's so important like 
with when I was writing this book, like I, I know we've talked a little bit about the book, but it's it's called Emblem Island Curse of the Night, which is the first book. And it's basically set in a world where everyone's born knowing their fate and their talents. So everyone's born with emblems, which represents like their superpower or their role in society. And the main character is born with a, an emblem that he doesn't like. So he and his two best friends, they make a wish. The wish turns into a curse and to break the curse, they have to go find the night witch and they to find the night witch, they have to follow these legends that they read from a book called the Book of Cuentos, and the legends turn out to be real. So they encounter the creatures from the legends and the different stories and the landscapes from the legends. And those legends are actually based on Colombian mythology, and I'm Colombian. So it's important for me to include those. And I just, I'm glad that it is critically acclaimed and it got the star reviews and stuff because I really do want like parents to see, like, oh, it was like, it's like supposedly like a good book, but it's also fun. Like that was my main purpose in writing it because I, again, didn't like books until I read something that I really liked. And all the research shows like, and instead of like trying to like get your kids to like get good grades or like paying them for good grades, like the best thing you can do is like give them books and like make them read. Because even if it's not like literary works, like reading just does help you in every other sense of like every subject matter, like the SATs or whatever. So yeah, I just, I love to read. I'm so glad that like so many kids are like discovering reading on TikTok. That's like the most rewarding comment I'll get is like, oh, I don't like to read, but I read your book and I really liked it. And it's a long book. It's not like it's a short, it's like 330 pages, but it, it's definitely, I, I think like great for kids and also adults. It's like the same genre as Harry Potter and Percy Jackson. So not like, I, I see a lot of like young adults and like adults reading it too, which is amazing. But yeah, that was really my goal to write something that would get kids into reading. So it's so important. I love that. So great. <laughs> Thank you for getting kids into reading. I'm struggling to get mine into reading. But it's so oh. true, by the way. Like I remember at college, I thought I was going to be an English major and I got there and like the English department had this required course that you had to take. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you know, the Odyssey and the Iliad. I had already read all that stuff. And like, yeah. and like all these like really dense, like Ulysses and I, I I'm like, mm-hmm. that is, I, no thing. I can't do that. Like that is, so I ended up becoming a psychology yeah. major because psychology, I was like, well, every, I want to take every single one of these classes, but the English classes, I wanted to only mm-hmm. take like introduction to prose writing, which I loved, you know, but no. So I don't know. You have to find what you love no. and not be embarrassed about it, I guess. You do. And also in college, like, I want to say, like, I graduated English major, like with honors, like perfect grades and everything. In my first classes, I read poems and had no idea what they meant. I read works like the Iliad Odyssey, like all of these like old English books and had no idea what I was reading. It was really hard for me. It wasn't like a natural thing. And so it was just like practice makes perfect. And the same for writing. So like, I was not naturally good at any of it. Like it was just something I was interested in. So I just, I feel like a lot of people when they hear like fancy college, like fancy, whatever, I was never good at it. I just literally just forced myself to be good at it by working hard. So yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. Like I took so many of these classes and probably shouldn't have because I went in there and everyone else seemed so much smarter than me always. And yeah, me too. They still are. I mean, oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm with you. It's the whole like passion and perseverance model, right? Exactly. I'm really into what yeah. I do. You're really into it. Like we love, you know, if you love to write, like, you know, no matter how many times, I'm just going to keep doing it, right? Because that's what I do. It's like what I love and it doesn't matter what happens. And a hundred percent. There are 
I mean, some of the most brilliant people who could write that I knew in college are no longer writing at all. And, you know, that's fine, but they're great mm-hmm. lawyers or whatever, you know, but exactly. their own thing. So anyway, well, Alex, I feel like you've already given so much advice. Do you have any parting advice for aspiring authors? You've given so much Yeah, I definitely, I was rejected so many times. And so my main advice would just be to not take rejection personally, because at the end of the day, publishing is a business. And this is probably the only business I know of that no one gets paid until the very end. So if you get a rejection from an agent or a publisher, honestly, it's kind of a gift because people are reading your work for free. Like they're not getting paid. It's not like you're paying them money to to read your query or read your manuscript. No one gets paid until your book sells. And that's that can take months. So in this industry, like no rejection is personal. It's literally only business. Like people only have so many hours of the day for them to work, like to just keep going. Also like something that I, I wish I had known is like patience really is the key to this writing career. If I had had more patience, it probably wouldn't have taken me like 12 years to get a book deal. Because if I had just stuck with one book and edited it and, and taken the time months or even a year to edit it and make it my best foot forward, I wouldn't have constantly had to be rewriting manuscripts and trying to get agents and trying to get publishing deals. So I think if you love it, just dedicate time to it. Even if it takes years, like publishing is not a fast industry. Even if you get a book deal tomorrow, it won't come out for at least two years or a year and a half. So you might as well take the time that your book needs because once you're in contract and Zippy knows this, cause you have, you have so many book deals now, like you will never have more time to write a book than before you get your first book deal, because then you only have a year to write a book or you only have six months to write a book because now you're on a publishing schedule. So I would just say like, don't let rejection get to you. Every single book that you've loved that has won awards, that has movies, has been rejected multiple times. So just don't give up if you love it. Like I truly believe just again, like I was never the best writer. I was never the prodigy of the class. There were so many of those that now aren't writers because I guess they chose a different path. Like anyone can be published. Anyone can follow their dreams and achieve it. It just might take 10 years. Like if you're willing to put in the work, do it. Do it. 10 years and a lot of coffee. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Alex, thank you so much. Thanks thank for you. having another conversation with me and you're being so inspirational and upfront and, and just awesome. It's really Great. It's really awesome. And I am so excited just to watch your career unfold and know that I'll be sort of, you know, rooting from the sidelines as you go on the next sort of leg of this marathon. So I'll be, I'll be cheering. (laughs) Thank you so much. Okay. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music.